again, friends, and welcome to a very unusual edition of My Life in Miniatures. I suppose this is episode number six of season three, uh, what will all absolutely be the very last episode of uh, the season, because I promised you that the series, uh, or the season rather, would run uh, for a year, uh, and I'm recording this as we speak uh Late at night on the 30th of December, so um, we can definitely, uh, we can call this the last one of the year. Now, uh, this is going to be a slightly different episode to what we usually do, because as you know, if you've, uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that typically I have a guest on and we talk about uh, their life in miniatures. And uh, that's not what we're doing today. Today it's just me and you. I guess, or was, you're not going to hear yourself, but you'll hear me. You'll hear lots of me. Um, uh, why am I doing this? Um, well, first of all, I'll tell you where I'm doing this from. I'm not doing this from my normal setup, so apologies if this sounds a little bit uh, more rustic than normal. I don't have any of my uh, soundproofing screens and um, uh, microphone stands and anything like that. I'm I'm uh i'm busking it a bit i'm i'm doing it rustic style i'm actually literally holding my microphone i feel like a, a real presenter right now which is kind of a weird thing uh, i'm doing it from uh rural scotland uh, so whether this actually uploads uh to the internet we shall see because the internet around here is um let's call it theoretical but yeah so uh, i'm doing this because um basically over the course of um various recordings of episodes of this since series one people have said to me john we've got to do you like i'll come back and i'll record you and we'll talk about your life in miniatures because you've had an interesting life in miniatures and you know and i guess maybe i have but i, I don't know it's it's kind of weird to think of me being interviewed it would it seemed quite egotistical to me um to do that on my behalf because uh well, yeah, it just is, right? I mean, I, I created this podcast because I like talking to other people about their hobby, and that's not what I'm doing right now. I'm talking, uh, I'm just talking. It's just me. Um, but I'm doing this because I thought about, I did think about it, and, and it's not just guests who have said it, it's other people who have said, oh, I want to hear about your life in miniatures, and oh, you've had an interesting um, time doing this sort of stuff. And and I thought, well, okay, what can I do? Well, I, I thought, my life in miniatures is the name of the podcast obviously that typically refers to the guest that i have on but uh in this case it's my life in miniatures it's it's literally true it's it's my life and i thought maybe i could start a little bit of a tradition end of the year every year from now on i'll do like a little special where it's just me talking to you guys about my year and in in my life in miniatures now obviously if you all listen to this and think this sucks and you tell me about it i'll stop doing them don't worry i'll stop doing them but yeah i thought i'd give it a go because you know what if uh, if it was a normal year uh I, well, I say normal year if it had been a year from my past and i was uh kicking around in this weird periods uh around the turn of the new year and everything I, I i usually find i'm short on podcasts to listen to because everyone else goes right i'm off on holiday i'll see you later uh so i thought i'd i'd, I'd buck that trend right i'd uh i'd try and record something for you here and now and uh so it probably won't i don't know if this is going to be 20 minutes or half an hour or 
however long it's going to be. Maybe maybe I'll just ramble on. Maybe this will be two hours of just me waffling. So uh, I really hope you like the sound of my voice. I mean, in fairness, I've had some lovely compliments on the sound of my voice uh, this year. So I'm uh, I'm quite pleased with that. But I'll get onto that a little bit later. I'll tell you I'll tell you where they came from uh, if you don't know already. In fact, you you may already know. So yeah, uh, let's talk about. 2023 and um, my, John's, life in miniatures. I promise you I won't start referring to myself in the third person. Um, That would be weird. I'm not that sort of person. Uh, Yeah, we had a short series. Um, We recorded five episodes uh, with guests this year. Um, Had wonderful guests. Had Peachy. Uh, He kicked us off. Um, Had... Catherine, Chaos Chic, uh, had Andy Wardle, had uh, Emma from Dice and Demons, and had uh, Crown of Command podcasts on as well. So that was a wonderful group. So it's a short series, but it's it's all about the quality, not the quantity. All that, which isn't to say that the previous seasons haven't been great quality. They have, of course. I'm digging myself a hole. I'm just gonna I'm gonna gloss over this. I'll get past it. Um, but as, as many regular listeners will know, I, I had a short year uh, doing a podcast because uh, I've had a baby, or my partner's had a baby. I think I made that same joke like three times so far, so uh, I'm not going to do it here. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm a dad now. Uh, the daughter is seven months old. Uh, she's doing very, very well. Uh, she's got teeth coming through, which she's screaming about a lot, but... You know what, if I had jagged bits of bone pushing through my soft tissue, I'd probably be a bit grumpy about it, to say the least, as well. Um, but she's wonderful. She's doing great. And, um, yeah, it, but it's it's busy, you know. I can tell you right now, being a parent is busy finding the time. It's not so much finding the time to do stuff. It's like, you do get time, but it's, it's trying to... You're already planning for someone else uh, and, you know, trying to then plan for yourself. That's that's where the, I think the issue lies. It's, it's really hard to um, sort of think, oh, I know that I'll have two hours free to go and do something at this point in the future when, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to be doing in 20 minutes because you don't know if she's going to want feeding or changing or if she needs to go to sleep or anything like that. And it's... Yeah, it's tricky, you know, but I'm enjoying it. It's great fun. She's wonderful. I cannot wait until she gets a bit older and I can put a paintbrush in her hand and we'll see if she likes uh, painting toy soldiers. Um, She may not. She may hate it. Who knows? I think she'll like it, but we'll see. Uh, Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's been the big news of the year. That's the most important news of the year. But I suppose, you know, given that this is a hobby podcast, we should talk about the hobby and, you know, I suppose particularly Warhammer-y stuff. So what's been going on in Warhammer? Well, uh, I played my first game of 10th edition, like a a lot of people have done this year. Um, I played a wonderful game against uh, my favorite opponent, Mike. Uh, That's Mike Zulu Soldier, if you're on the Instagrams. Uh, (laughs) Necrons are really fun. Uh, I haven't played with the Codex rules yet. I just played with the the Index stuff that came out at the launch of 10th. And yeah, they keep coming back. Those regeneration protocols, or reanimation protocols, I should say, are excellent. They're a lot of fun. Um, The big guns are big guns. There's still a bit... 
squishy. Like I've got the the Doom croissant, and it's it packs a wallop, but it's pretty much gets shot off the table first turn every every game because of that that big gun it's got. But yeah, it was it was really fun to play, and it's uh, if I had the time, I'd be playing more of it. It's um, it's it's very it's been very enjoyable. But I think for me, the biggest thing of my year has been um, really trying to find my place within the hobby. I think when you start out in in Games Workshop stuff, particularly in Warhammer you're excited to go exploring the galaxy, right? Because, you know, you're presented with 10,000 years of history and an entire galaxy, and it's like, do I want to go to to Terra during the Horus Heresy, or do I want to go to Armageddon and fight those battles, or do I want to go to, I know, Ica 4 or, uh, you know, the Prior Nexus, or do, do what do I want to do? You know, there's loads and loads of stuff all over the place. Uh, do I want to be on Baal? Do I want to be on Ultramar? Do I want to be on Fenris? You've got the galaxy at your feet, and I think that's wonderful. It's really fun. But I think what I found, particularly recently, and this year, is that I actually kind of... I, I don't mind stepping away from that a bit. I think it's been more fun to find my own little bit of the galaxy that I can call my own. And... To do that, I've turned to uh, I've turned to the Underhive and and Net Commander and particularly the Sump actually, and I've got a wonderful little corner of the Sump marked out for me that I can just run and enjoy and and build up and create a load of head cannon uh, that I really enjoy. And I've I've been working. If if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know I've been doing loads of these. Um, I call them the Salty Sump Dogs. Uh, the idea came when someone said to me, oh, I don't think people get a chance to grow old on, on Necromunda. And I was like, oh, what if people did get the chance to grow old? And uh, so essentially taking the heads from the flagellant kit, that's where it started from. I started creating these old, salty old sea dogs, sump dogs, uh, that hang around down at the, the absolute bottom of the hive uh, where... They go, they they found a new purpose in life, and they go hunting for these mutants that they hand over to a mad doc who turns them into giant beasts and monsters, and you know uh, pumps them full of steroids and uh, covers them in different weapons and stuff like that, and and sells them on to gangs as, as things either to put into the combat pits or. Um, or gladiatorial pits, I suppose. Combat pits is more Kimura, isn't it? But, you know, like, they're either sold on for sport or to do the heavy lifting or stuff like that. And, you know, and that's my... That's all stuff that's come out of my brain. It's really, really fun translating that into miniatures uh, and painting it in the style that's quick, but I think looks good. It's it's that... Well, it's grimdark. Whether or not you can call it Blanchitsu, I don't really know. I don't know who has the the rights to define what looks like Blanchitsu and what doesn't. It's very, um, you know, I take it as a huge compliment when people say that. But Grimdark, I'll go with Grimdark. And, you know, I've, I've worked on some big kits. I've actually managed to get a few kits that I've been playing around with for ages out the door and, and created something new from those original kits, like the... Uh, 
what is it? The it's the Slogoth. It's the one from the, the Cruel Boys orcs in in AOS. The the big ugly thing with the little powder on its back. Chop that up because I love that kit. I think it looks beautiful. It's such a gorgeous, ugly, wonderful miniature. Um, and I really wanted to work on it. I bought it when it came out. Built it, started working on it, never really finished anything with it. And then this idea just came into my brain. It's like, well, we need a baggage train. You know, we need someone, we need this giant thing that's going to haul around baggage and all the stuff that gets dredged up from the bottom of the sump that might be valuable, could be sold somewhere. And yeah, just created something that I think looks really weird and cool. And then I've had this ages ago, I bought the... the Dark Angels Landspeed, is it uh, Landspeed of Vengeance or something? I'd had it kicking around for ages because I wanted to do like a a floating stage for noise marines and I thought that would be the right sort of size and shape and could do some different things with it uh, to make it really sort of Sameshi and put amplifiers and speakers all over it. And, and I never did it, I kind of went off the idea. And it's been sat half built in my hobby space for like five years. And finally, finally, it's like, oh, this would be a fun little fishing vessel, right? This could be, all the guys on the back could be armed with like harpoons and uh, nets and uh, stuff like that. And it could have a robot pilot that sort of scoots around with a big searchlight on it and built it, created it um, and painted it. And you know what? I've absolutely, absolutely loved it. So yeah, it's just been a great little way to really revive my um, enjoyment in the hobby. And, you know, I think you can feel a bit overwhelmed when you've got that galaxy in front of you. And what Necromunda does best, and I'm, I'm sure Warcry does this, uh, Underworlds probably does this as well to a degree, it allows you to just really focus down on the minutiae. Blood Bowl does it as well, to be fair. It's all about focusing and just a few people that you care about, right? I don't have to worry about giant titanic weapons that are going to destroy a fleet in orbit. I, I worry about a las gun, which is pretty pretty damn scary in the world of, of Necromunda, you know? Um, I don't have to worry about painting an army of, you know, rank upon rank upon rank of different guys. I, I can just work on one model at a time and just create this one little thing that I really like. So yeah, I think that's made me really happy in the hobby uh, over the last few years. And the converting is just so much fun, just hacking up stuff and letting my brain go mad and, and really dipping into the frankly gigantic bits box that I've been hoarding for some time now. Yeah, it's it's been great. And in the new year, I plan to do a lot more. I've, I've had some other ideas of... Uh, I suppose, gangs or guilds or, or groups that I would like to try creating and, and doing something weird with. I've been really getting into the lore of Necromunda as well. And, you know, one thing I'll say about all of those books, whether it's the gang books or the um, the Book of series, the amount of lore is fantastic. And it just gives you so much like brain fodder if you like converting and, and you just want a small project like do five 
10 different miniatures it just gives you so so much opportunity it's wonderful it's wonderful I, I, I could wax lyrical about it for ages but I, I won't because you know this podcast really will be three hours long if I do that but yeah that's been that's been the bulk of my hobby output this year uh, I suppose another couple of highlights have been I worked on a lion GW very kindly sent me the lion and uh, got into the article on Warhammer Community. Everyone was very complimentary about it. I had lots of fun doing it, despite the fact that it's a <laughs> Dark Angel. Um, <laughs> I'm still not a fan of Dark Angels. The reason, right, why I'm not a fan of Dark Angels, back in second edition, everyone was getting their own codex, right? You got Space Wolves got their own codex first. Ultramarines get their own codex. And my beloved Blood Angels, the glorious Ninth Legion, the best chapter of Space Marines ever, obviously, had to share their book, had to share it with Dark Angels. I mean, ugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> please, uh, by all means, uh, shout at me if you disagree, but I'm never going to change my mind. Speaking of Blood Angels, actually, that's the thing. I've got um, now pretty much a... I would imagine two and a half thousand points of unpainted primary space marines. Uh, all sorts of dreadnoughts, because obviously I've got the Leviathan box. That's great. Um, and I've I've been hoarding stuff for the last couple of big releases, Indomitus and um, whatever the old one was before that. I've got a lot of space marines now unpainted, and the plan always was, because I've also got Dante and Mephist, and the, the plan was Blood Angels, right? Well, I'm starting to change my mind now because I've, I've painted a big Blood Angels army before. I've, I have one for Heresy. But now I'm sort of thinking, yeah, maybe do a homebrew chapter. Maybe do something a bit unique and different that no one else has got. But honestly, between my commitments to the Underhive, probably wanting to play some more Blood Bowl uh, this year and probably do another team up for that. And... Uh, you know, the aforementioned being a dad and also things like buying houses and learning to drive and doing all these things that I'm going to have to learn how to do now. Um, the likelihood of me painting a two and a half thousand point space marine army this year are slim to nil. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, the other one that I've got, uh, I got sent Legionis Imperialis as well. It's great. I really loved working on Epic Scale again. Um, there's a bunch of articles on heresyandheroes.com about uh, basing, how I painted the Blood Angels, a few other weird little bits and pieces that I played around with. It was really, really fun to work on that scale again. And do you know what? Contrast paints are just absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect for that level. Uh, or that scale, I should say. Yeah, contrast paints, a bit of dry brushing. Pick out a couple of details and you're gone. It's so quick. If you want that gratification that comes from just getting something out quickly and, and doing it and seeing something completed, it's fantastic. And the models are stunning. Um, I found in my old deck of Citadel Combat cards, I found one for the old Baneblade. Uh, again, this is up on the blog. I painted the new Baneblade in the same color scheme as the old epic bane blades and uh you, you can see the difference you can see the level of improvement uh you know i love that old stuff but the new stuff is just gorgeous i'm sorry it's it's so much better 
the detailing is exceptional. Uh, well done to the team who worked on all of that. Um, yeah, and then what else? It's just been a few little bits and pieces here and there. Oh, I did Frenzy the Gobbo. Frenzy the Gobbo was great. I went to Italy earlier in the year and uh, I picked up in Florence from a wonderful shop called Stratagemma. If you're ever in Florence, I really recommend going and checking out because it's got an amazing treasure trove of old hammer minis. Um, really friendly, nice staff as well. Highly, highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, I picked up a little old Night Goblin Shaman and painted them up in the colours of uh, Italy and that are associated with Fiorentina, which is Florence's uh, football team. If you're you're not a sports fan, yeah, love doing that. That was great. Love doing a bit of old hammer stuff. But the thing that I haven't done this year, which maybe I should have done, is I haven't really spent any time working on anything that one might sort of think of as being competition standard or you know aiming for competition level pieces because I just haven't had the time. You know. Um, Hobby time is so precious that I'd love to spend an hour on a shoulder pad, but I, I don't have it, you know. And I know, I'm sure a lot of people listening, if they're particularly good at competition painting, are going, oh, only an hour? You know what I mean. I, I just don't have the time to uh, invest so heavily in in that. But in the new year, at some point, you know, I've still gotten that my lifelong dream, one day getting a golden demon, and I know I'm still a long way off that, but I'm going to keep going for it. This has also been a year where I've been listening to a lot more hobby podcasts. Uh, I always listen to a few, Imperial Truth, for example. He's trying off, but this year is, I've been really looking forward to the release of new episodes of so many. I'm going to give another shout out to the Crown of Command. Uh, it's a great, great old hammer podcast. Really enjoy every every bit of it. But um, what else have I been listening to? Uh, both Down, Blood Bowl podcast, that's always great. Whenever there's a new Blood Bowl release, really look forward to to hearing a new episode of that. I think um, Culture of Paint um, on YouTube, go check out Friends of the, Friends of the Podcast, Cult of Paint. Um, they are exceptionally wonderful at what they do. And the Culture of Paint podcast has been great. Uh, it's been really fun uh, relatively recently hearing them talk about things like Monte Sansovino and uh, their own miniature painting open, which I did enter a, a little bit. Not, you know, like I said, I haven't really done any competition painting, but I thought, oh, they've got a Grimdark Award. I've been doing lots of Grimdark. Uh, you know, I tried. <laughs> it's uh, not quite there, to be honest. But no, they're, they're excellent guys, and I still enjoy that on a regular basis. I'm really really enjoying the uh well it's the warhammer 40k podcast but it's w-o-r hammer um which just makes me think of the um uh atletico mint skit with roy hodgson warhammer uh if you don't know what i'm talking about it's uh there's a england football manager called roy hodgson or he was formerly the england football manager the guys on the atletico Parsnips, or no, Atletico Mints podcast, uh, parody him somewhat as a huge fan of Warhammer. And it's definitely Warhammer. And uh, it's very, very funny. And uh, I, if just look up Roy Hodgson Warhammer, 
on YouTube, you'll find the first video. It makes me laugh quite a lot. Uh, what else? Um, no, those guys are great, by the way. I, they've been so much fun whenever there's a big new release because if I haven't really had time to digest it, I just listen to what they're doing. It's been great. Uh, Sump City Radio. Oh, my God. Discovering that was brilliant. I'm so sad I didn't get a chance to go to SumpCon this year. It's uh, a must listen to every time a new episode comes out. So much fun with Necromunda. The production values on that are staggering. It's like you're listening to uh, a radio station based in Hive Primus. Um, it's, it's so, so good, so funny. They do a lot of excellent work. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and the uh, because of them, discovered the uh, Necromunda Law Masters podcast as well. Highly, highly recommend that. And yeah, I think that's almost everything. I suppose the last one to say, and this is what I was talking about right at the beginning, uh, the painting phase uh, with Peachy, uh, another one of my guests from season three. And I, I had the honor of going on to the painting phase and uh, talking with Peachy. And I, I understand that's how quite a few of you may have discovered this podcast, uh, which is great, you know. I'll, I'll take that. Thanks for the PR, Peachy. And uh, it was lovely to meet Jeff and Patrick as well. Uh, lovely guys. And we'll try and get them uh, onto the podcast as well at some point in the future. Who knows when. But yeah, it's uh, that was a lot of fun doing that podcast. And uh, it's lovely to see Peachy again. You know, it's it's like we've never been apart. Uh, he was, uh, We were just as inappropriate and silly and funny as we always were when we worked together back in our GW days. And uh, it was really, really, really good to do. Um, there was a story I forgot to tell. I'll tell it now, actually. This will this will kill a bit of time. When we hit a quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube for Warhammer TV, we uh, did a video celebrating that because we wanted to show off our new, well, they were new-ish at the time, recording studio we had three studios we had the big um wargaming one uh where we could also you know whenever you see them do those sort of promo things where they've got a set behind them that's uh that's that room there's the green screen room and there's the painting presenter room as well which is where duncan and peachy used to sit when i was there and it's where i imagine um emma and, and all the others uh, now still sit in that room to celebrate getting to a quarter of a million subscribers, uh, we did this video. And it was a, a single uh, shot thing that lasts a minute and a bit. And it was someone walking down the hallway and into each one of the studios. And in each studio, people are doing different things. And you can see me in this video. I actually crop up three times with my buddy Mike, who I was talking about earlier. We're doing silly things in the corridor. And uh, in this video, uh, Peachy was dressed up as a space marine. Uh, this guy on Instagram, uh, Dan Knox, Knox's Workshop, I think it's called, um, his Instagram account. He is an exceptionally talented cosplay costume creator as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he used to stomp around in a big Crimson Fist space marine outfit and he actually gave that to us at Warhammer Community and I was custodian of that for for some time and we all played around with it and had it on and 
Yeah, it came with a thunder hammer and a plasma gun and a bolter and a storm bolter and had loads and loads and loads of fun with it. And commissioned him to do some other stuff over the years as well. I think he made us some guard helmets, maybe a space marine helmet as well. Great guy, lovely human being, exceptionally talented cosplayer. And uh, he'd given us his Crimson Fist one because he was making a new uh, space marine outfit for himself, so he didn't need the old one. And we made sure we made very good use of it. We used it whenever we could. And in this instance, in the green screen room, Peachy was wearing uh, this outfit. And the idea is the camera comes in, he's being fed tea through a straw, camera circles around him, and when it comes out, you can see him, and it's uh, the Battle of Rin's world is happening behind him, and uh, he's firing his bolter, and it's all lighting up and making noise, showing the use of the green screen. So we're doing this video, and uh, the whole team's involved, so it took quite a bit of time. And also, it's a one-shot thing, right? The camera never cuts to a different shot. And the last bit of it was Duncan, and Duncan just had to say, like, uh, thanks for watching, whatever. <laughs> Except Duncan kept getting his lines wrong. Oh, it wasn't just him, but he did do quite a few of them. And everyone else, you know, maybe cocked up once or twice. Anyway, it took forever. It took, like, 25 takes to do that. And poor old Peachy was stood in that studio with the burning lights going down on him, sweat dripping off him, uh, stood in this piece of power armor uh, and acting his little heart out. And eventually, we did it. We got it. We got the take. And it was you know, way fantastic. And we all go back into the office and, and celebrate. And uh, after sort of five minutes, I go through because I you know, want to make a cup of tea or something. And so I go through the door. I just hear this little voice going, hello, hello. And I realize, oh, God, we've forgotten Peachy. Um, Peachy couldn't move in this thing. Um, he was completely uh, stuck in one spot. He couldn't walk around in it. It's very hard to walk in those things because they've got stilts and they're all sort of, you're tied up in things. And so we'd, he, was, he could just stand still. But while the rest of us were celebrating that we had finally got this uh, take, um, we forgot about Peachy and left him on his own in a room under hot lights. Um, and... <laughs> He was very sporting about it, but um, yeah, he was—he uh, got a bit warm and a bit scared because I think everyone turned the lights off and we just left. And I, I literally had to run back into the main office and be like, "We forgot Peachy," uh, and we got him out of it. He's fine. I mean, we could have left him in there a bit longer; it would have been fine. But yeah, I wanted to tell that story on the podcast. We never got a chance to, so um, I, I like I say I'm going to try and have uh, Jeff and or Pat at some point in the future come on to my life in miniatures. But yeah, okay. Um, what else have I got to tell you? I mean, I suppose we should do some hobby news or something like that. I normally do a bit of hobby news, don't I? Love the new Striking Scorpions. So happy they've got a new kit. Cannot wait to get my hands on those. Again, I'm doing it. You know, I was saying I've got this huge Blood Angels army that I haven't even touched yet. I've got a bit of an Eldar army that's doing a similar thing. Um, I've got quite a few bits and bobs you know, in a box in the basement somewhere. So that'll be fun. Eventually I'll get around to them. And Eldar are, you know, they're up there with Blood Angels for me. They're, they're, that craft world Eldar, just especially the Aspect Warriors, I mean, they're so good. That's great. I mean, I, I think the miniature of the year has been announced now by 
Warhammer community, and I think it was the lion. Fair enough. Personally, it's for me, it's the the plague dude on the horse um, for Age of Sigmar. I think that is amazing. Obviously, it's got huge Frank Frazetta Berserker vibes, but obviously all plagued up and dribbly and, and gross and everything else. But no, it's it's great. That miniature for me is just an absolute work of art. Uh, and uh, you could throw a lot of the Cities of Sigma stuff into that category as well. But for me, that that plague dude, and yeah, obviously I don't know his actual name. I don't have time to learn people's names, especially not small plastic people. You know, it's not like I'm going to hurt his feelings. But you know the one I'm talking about, the, the guy on the horse with all the oozing and pustules. Um, <laughs> the other one, I'm talking to a lot of old friends about it all the time. Uh, the old world seems to be getting realer and realer. And the Bretonians are calling, but do you know what? I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off until they do Chaos Dwarfs. I've decided. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they never will, so I don't have to worry about it. But I think if I was ever going to go back to Warhammer Fantasy, it would have to be Chaos Dwarfs. I want the big silly hats. I want a Lamassu. I want a Minotaur and some Hobgoblins. I think, for me, they're the ones. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to... Hold on to my credits and spend them on Necromunda and not get too distracted by the old world, I think. In GW news, uh, we had the, I suppose the big one of the year really is um, John Blanche leaving. It seems like a real end of an era. Uh, you know, we have, as a, as a hobby collective, we have that man to thank for so many iconic images. And really the very sense of Grimdark that both his illustrative style and also his miniature painting style have become exemplars of. So it'll be interesting to see what life at GW is like without John really helming the the concept side of things. It's it's quite a strange one to think of him not being there. Um, he was, uh, you know, I worked with John very, very little and briefly, um, but... Was always he was always super nice to me and he's a lovely bloke and uh, yeah really funny and wish him well and uh, you know I, I see there's already a few little uh, retrospective books and uh, some of his his own illustrative work is coming out again and that's fantastic to see because um, he does great great work um, yeah but the, for, it's huge it's huge that he's not there anymore. Um, kids, if you don't know who John Blanche is, go and look him up. But I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast probably does know who John Blanche is. And uh, yeah, GW is going to be a weird sort of entity without him, I think. Um, I dare say he's left him left them a, a few sketches here and there. Uh, and then there's the Amazon series. I suppose that's also big news, except, I mean, you know, that announcement when I was there when we made the big announcement the first time that they signed on to do something with the guy who produced the man in the high castle or something like that. And everyone was like, this is a bit early to be shouting about this. Um, I mean, I dare say now that Henry Cavill is leading the charge and doesn't have Superman or Geralt of Rivia to worry about. He's got a bit more free time to, to push on with, uh, with 40 K stuff. And, uh, you know, more power to him. Great that he's involved. He's, you know, he's a true fan and all the rest of it. And, but yeah, it's. I still think it's years, right? It's not months. It's years before we see anything bear fruit. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you know, keep an open mind. I kind of wish it wasn't with the evil empire that is Amazon, but you know, it's not like GW are not an evil empire, but now they're just working with the even bigger evil empire, I suppose. Um, but yeah, and then as I was, I was, I've written some notes for all of this, you see, um, and I realized it's, it's all GW stuff. And, you know, I, as long-term listeners will know, I've always tried to do a bit of, you know, equal time or well, there's never equal time, but I've always tried to give a bit more time to talk about miniatures from other companies. You know, I mean, the privacy press stuff this year has been a bit of a swing and a miss and, you know, it's not, I, I'm pretty much gone off privacy press as a company. Malifaux hasn't kicked on in the way I hoped it would. Um, Badges and Burrows is fantastic. It's still, I think, one of my favorite sets of miniatures, but it's still, it's just a small little game, Badges and Burrows. You know, uh, I guess there's the Marvel stuff and the Star Wars stuff, but I, it's not... I think the, the problem with that is it's stuff you expect, right? Like, there isn't anything in any of those ranges where I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, you know, because you expect, like, if it's Marvel, like, yeah, of course it's going to have Spider-Man. Like, they're not going to invent a new character just for the tabletop game. Uh, and I think that's why I, I'm less excited when, you know, even some of my favorite comic book characters, if they start coming out, I'll be like, oh, they're going to come out eventually, right? Similar with Star Wars. I mean, I think it's really cool, you know, and it's really fun to watch people having fun with Star Wars Legions. And, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I, there needs to be a, a competitor for GW. There really does, because there isn't one. And competition breeds a lot of positive things. It makes people work harder. But where they're going to come from, I just I don't see it right now. And it's, um, I don't know if it's worrying, but it's, it's certainly going to be interesting. Hey folks, uh, it's me again, back, uh, well I, you don't know that I'm back, but I'm actually recording this on New Year's Eve, the whole rest of the podcast I recorded uh, on um, the 30th of December, this is the 31st, and I'm adding a little PS, because uh, the hobby had some uh, very sad news um, that I, I saw yesterday, which is um, the passing of Brian Ansell, uh, now you may only know Brian from that very uh, famous photograph of him with his uh, glorious 1980s ginger mullet, uh, the, the scratchy beard and moustache and the, the vest sat proudly, ominously even, behind his uh, Warhammer army, which for the time was quite a big Warhammer army. It looks quite small uh, by today's standards, doesn't it? Um, you know, for... Everyone I talk to uh, on this podcast, Warhammer is the really the thing that you know overshadows their hobby. Um, I know I spoke about not having a, a natural competitor to Games Workshop, but the reason, or one of the reasons that you get so many um, Warhammer stores or what used to be called Games Workshop stores, was really Brian. Um, Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson founded Games Workshop, sure. 
Brian founded Sistel Miniatures. Brian bought the company from Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson and turned its focus almost solely onto Warhammer. And uh, we all owe him a lot for that, really. Um, he got together the best sculpting talent in in the country, uh, put them together under the Sistel banner. Um, people like um, Ali and Trish Morrison, who'd been working at Marauder, and um, Jez Goodwin, obviously Bob Naismith. Brian collected them all together and, and started what, is the Warhammer hobby today really you know it's uh, it can't be understated how important he is and he is really he's up there in that group of legends and obviously we spoke about John Blanche uh, leaving the company that's a huge moment well this is big as well because Brian you know I, I never worked with Brian but I I'm friends with quite a few people who did um, and I've heard um, an array of stories, some of which I'm not sure if they're just urban legend and some of them are crazy and funny. Um, it's not really my place to tell them, so I, I won't do that here. But I've always enjoyed hearing the Brian stories. Um, they were always good for a, a giggle. Um, and yeah, I'd, I hope we get a few more of those fun stories and maybe a bit of corroboration Um uh, on some of those as well, um, but I'll leave those to be told by the people who who were there and who can tell them. But yeah, I think it's it's really worth highlighting that Brian Ansell was, um, I believe, sometimes considered a bit of a controversial figure, but really was he's the reason you're playing Warhammer today, or one of the reasons. You know, I mean, obviously there are the. You know, Jess Goodwin and John Blanche and, you know, all, all that array of wonderful names. Um, but Brian was the the business head who was, um, you know, you could tell he had a vision for Citadel Miniatures and, and Games Workshop when he acquired it. He, he was a bit ruthless. He was very clever. Um, uh, but, yeah, he he's the reason the hobby is what the hobby is today in terms of its mass appeal and the fact that Warhammer dominates it. So, yeah, I think we all, all of us who have had a life in miniatures probably owe Brian a bit of thanks. Um, depending on how much you worry about you, how much you spend on Games Workshop, probably you, you might also want to blame him a little bit as well. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's very sad to hear that he's he's passed away. I think... It, it was no secret that he'd, he'd not necessarily been particularly well for a little while. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's really the passing of a, a hobby legend. And, you know, I, I'd recommend, you know, reading up about Brian and what he did and, and you know, founding Sister Miniatures. And yesterday I was talking about Warhammer needs a, a competitor to make it better, right? It needs a bit of pressure put on it to make it, you know, as great as everything is, I mean, the miniatures coming out these days are brilliant and the games are really good and, you know, there's a lot to be happy about, but it's never healthy to just have one company completely dominating, having a monopoly over uh, anything. But in order for another company to get anywhere close to, to GW and Warhammer, 
that company is going to need someone like Brian Ansel. Um, you know, the, his impact on miniature wargaming, fantasy role-playing, whatever you want to call it, it can't be overstated. Um, he was a, a, a titan in terms of his impact on on everything. And obviously we have that uh, wonderful legacy of his with um, that photo that we all know and love. And I'm, I, I've, I saw it get posted quite a lot yesterday on Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely to see it. It's... Um, it's always good for a giggle and uh but yeah it's it's very sad that um brian has has passed away and you know my thoughts certainly with the people who uh, i know who knew him and respected him and liked him and um and even i think sometimes found him quite a a a tough character to work with sometimes but there, there was always respect i think and um i think a lot of those um those big names in the hobby, uh, you know, people like the the Perrys as well, and obviously Tom Kirby and Alan Merritt and uh, all of those guys. That, that he's up there with all the names you can think of in terms of transforming, especially the Warhammer hobby, into you know something that Amazon are going to make a TV show about, right? So, um, yeah, I thought I thought I just I better mention that because. Obviously, it happened yesterday, and um, it's very sad news. Um, so, yeah, R.I.P. Brian Ansell, the um, the mulleted god of Warhammer, uh, shall we call him? Why not? Just for this one. Um, anyway, I'll let, let's get back to the outro because I'll, I'll splice that in here. But I just wanted to say that. Um, but yeah, it's it's sad news. Well, folks, that just about wraps it up. Um, I'll I'll say that somewhere in that tribute to Brian, I uh, I got understated and overstated mixed up at least once. Although I think I corrected myself later on. So, um, yeah, I think that happens to the best of us with those two sometimes, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, that's uh, this is the outro. Next year we've got uh, next year. I suppose it'll be this year by the time I actually get this posted. But um, twenty twenty four. Got a brand new season of My Life in Miniatures going to happen. Uh, you'll be able to hear it in all the usual places. Do subscribe on Spotify, uh, on Apple, on Google, Audible, wherever you find uh, your favorite podcasts. My Life in Miniatures will be there, uh, kicking off again at some point in 2024. Uh, and you'll be hearing all about what I'm doing. Uh, you'll be hearing about whether or not I can uh, get myself to a golden demon. We don't know if one's happening in the UK yet. Uh, we presume there will be one, but uh, we'll just have to wait and find out with that one. You'll find out more about what I'm doing with the sump. Maybe I'm going to do Armies on Parade with it. Maybe I'm going to create a whole new band of people, weird things, gribbly bits and pieces. You'll have to wait and see. Um, and I'll be spreading much more hobby positivity. Um and hey, I've actually got six Warhound Titans for Adeptus Titanicus now that I haven't even touched. So maybe I'll be getting into that as well. We'll find out. But as well as all of my stuff, of course, you will be hearing from more people in the hobby um, right here. You'll be hearing about their lives in miniatures. And I hope you're really going to enjoy that. Uh, be excellent to each other. Um, if you want to find me, you can, of course, go to heresyandheroes.com. That's my aged blog, which is about 10 years old now. 
I should have done some celebration, but I never got around to it. Uh, but it's 10 years old. Um, and of course, you can follow me on Instagram at my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures. I'm no longer on Twitter because Elon Musk can go and uh, F himself. Actually, you know what? I put explicit on this. Elon Musk can go and fuck himself. He doesn't care what I think anyway, but, you know, he ought to. Well, he didn't ought to, but I still think it. I'm, okay, as per tradition, I'm waffling, I'm rambling. Uh, let's get to the end of this. Remember, be fantastic to each other. Be creative. Have fun doing what you're doing. Make sure the hobby brings you joy and spread that joy with everyone you can find. Um, I hope you like the sound of me droning on for what is coming up to about an hour now. Um, I did not mean for this to go on this long. Um, but hey, here we are. Like I said, I've had lots of lovely compliments this year about uh, how wonderful my voice sounds, and I'm really hoping that that's the case because uh, you've just gone through about 50 minutes of it with very, very little substance. Um, so, uh, yeah, wishing you a fantastic 2024. I wish every single one of you the very, very best. And uh, good luck with everything in your hobby and outside of your hobby. Be excellent to each other. And I'll catch you again soon on My Life in Miniatures.